Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we'll be diving back into Sanditon episode five. Yes, we're back to Jane Austen after our dark turn into (laughs) David Lynch. (laughs) Very, very dark. It was very refreshing to come to something that was a little bit lighter, to say the least. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, although this was not the lightest of episodes. (laughs) No, it was shocking to come back and expect like a fun game of cricket and then chaos (laughs) yeah like everything bad happens in this episode (laughs) no but it's a really good um episode to jump back into it almost felt like a season premiere almost in a way yeah so i i liked it yeah there's lots of fun stuff that happened in this episode I, i really enjoyed it even though this is kind of the part i think the first time i watched it um, this was where I started to go, uh, the show, do I really like it? <laughs> but like, <laughs> really? I think I just have a natural tendency when everything goes wrong to be like, I don't like this show anymore. Everything is bad as happening, <laughs> but I know That's that like, it's just going to get fixed. <laughs> exactly. It gives more, um, more depth to it and it allows people to redeem themselves. Oh yes. Yes. Which some characters in the show need redeeming. I don't know if they have enough time to be redeemed. <laughs> no. This episode, I will also say, was a lot of me screaming at my TV. because <laughs> <laughs> me too. Many choices, many characters made, and just <laughs> so infuriating to me. Yes, definitely. There were a couple of choice characters that I'm thinking of who I was like, <laughs> you were the worst. I hate you now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah. Did we have any other first impressions though? Like, um, I mean, I feel like we just think. said them all, but <laughs> yeah, we always just kind of like naturally go into them. Yeah. Um, I would say, uh, I just, I feel like they really, um, kind of capitalized on the like beauty and nature scenes this episode because we got a lot of beach oh, yeah. fun stuff. Um, but then we also got. You know, that scene that we'll talk about later um, in like with the waterfalls and the river yes. running through. It was so pretty. So pretty. <laughs> so yeah, I that really scene enjoyed stuck that. with me from the first time I watched it. It's just like, I want to go to this most beautiful place on earth. <laughs> I know. I know. I was, and like the minute you walk into it, you're like, okay, he's going to propose. <laughs> you just know because <laughs> it's the perfect spot to do it. I know. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I definitely had some questions about temperatures in England during this episode because I was like they're running around on the beach Lady Denim is like get a heat stroke and (laughs) they're all in all their clothes and I was like I guess beach summer in England is probably cooler than beach summer in Florida but still oh yeah isn't it hot I mean aren't you guys dying (laughs) (laughs) I think it was also a lot of them were a lot thinner back then (laughs) because they weren't able to have easy access to food as much as I guess we do but it well, still it was like jarring. There would be so much sweat going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do I wonder about that. I a drop of sweat. <laughs> yeah, especially in like that waterfall scene. I was like, it looks like it's 90 degrees outside. <laughs> I know. I was thinking while they're playing on the beach, I was like, first yeah. of all, it must be really hot. If it's warm enough to swim, then it seems mm-hmm. like it would have to be pretty warm. But, but maybe yeah. they... <laughs> The cold water is like because cold water has always had that weird like medicinal like yeah. aura about it. I've never it. been to a beach in England, so I really have no idea what it's Me like either. compared to beaches <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> I think our water is a lot hotter, but that's. I guess it. the sand probably doesn't burn your feet as bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't get um, heat blisters on your feet from walking yeah. barefoot. Third degree burns. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, well, um, yeah, besides that, I really liked this episode. Well, I don't know. Like, obviously, first impressions maybe wasn't my favorite episode, but watching it back, mm-hmm. I definitely um, was like, oh my gosh, there's so much stuff to talk about in this episode. Oh, yeah, it was <laughs> which makes it exciting. jam-packed and a good episode to jump right back into, especially for first-time watchers like myself. True, true. Got me true. excited again. 
<laughs> yeah, and I'm especially excited because next week we have a special guest joining us for, um, well, two special guests. We're having the Reclaiming Jane podcast on to talk about episode six. And then for the finale, episode eight, we're going to have Bonnets at Dawn, or at least Woo! half of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for all these special guests we're starting to get. And Me too. It's going to be really exciting. fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's such fun with the First Impressions podcast. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was a really fun episode. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. But this is this was just me and Christian. <laughs> <laughs> just OG2. <laughs> well, should we go ahead and get into the notes then? Yes. Okay. So we are jumping back into Sanditon episode five. Um, it was directed by Lisa Clark. So oh, female nice. director. Wait, did she direct the last one? Um, I... It's been a while. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think they have different directors every couple episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think they okay. do for at least for these first five the first three were ollie blackburn and then four and five so far have been lisa clark okay cool so i kind of like the little cycling of directors and especially we get a female director it's not often love it (laughs) and this episode was uh written by andrea gibb so a female writer too Ah. (laughs) all my dreams are coming true (laughs) (laughs) it's sad that this is like probably the episode you don't like the most because it has everything built well they always <laughs> i notice this all the time but like whenever i watch a tv show the female directors are always like the middle episodes you know the mm-hmm. ones that are usually not the like pivotal episodes not always right. but a lot of the times right right I... but we'll see who does the finale <laughs> yeah i'm excited to see that. all right so since it's been a minute um i'm gonna go just give a quick little rundown of our cast uh i think we only have maybe one or two that i didn't say through the first four episodes um but we have rose williams as charlotte crystal clark as L- miss lamb elizabeth barrington as mrs griffiths jack fox as sir edward denham Wait, could you just tell me is it miss griffiths miss griffiths <laughs> because i could never tell <laughs> uh griffiths g-r-i-f-f-i-t-h-s th and an s okay that's what was throwing me i was like i can't tell if it's th or an s or if it's both (laughs) (laughs) it was like me with dairy girls i could not figure it out (laughs) then we have charlotte spencer as esther denim Anne reed as lady denim chris marshall as tom parker leo suter as a young stringer which i don't think i ever said his name before so that's who plays him okay and our other new one is james atherton as fred robinson Turlo Convery as Is he um, one of the workmen? Yeah, he's the one who is... It almost seems like With he's the attitude. now like... Yeah, he's like second in charge now almost. <laughs> he's the one who gets to talk back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I was like, that would be me. <laughs> Laborers' rights. We have Kate Ashfield as Mary Parker. Alexandra Roach as Diana Parker. Matthew Needham as Mr. Crow. And then Theo James as Sidney Parker. And Mark Stanley as Lord Babington. That's kind of like our mm. main cast this episode. Yeah. Which, a side note, this episode may be fall up with Lord Babington. And I want to be... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why would you... <laughs> Very infuriating. Uh, um, it originally aired in the UK on September 22nd of 2019, which feels like five years ago. And <laughs> in the US, it was on February 2nd of last year. Yes, which was approximately five years ago, if my calculations are correct. (laughs) Also five years ago. (laughs) And then I was looking up because I was so struck by that, like that garden waterfall scene that I went back and looked through my list of filming locations. And I think I found it. It's not specifically mentioned for this episode, but it kind of looks similar-ish. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and assume this is where it was filmed <laughs> or I'll give, I'll give two options of possibly where it was filmed. Okay. One of them was, um, the Bowwood house, which is a stately Georgian estate in the heart of Wiltshire and was built around 1725. And it has an, or it's famous for its orangery, ah. which kind of, I think it was used, 
I can't remember. Is that like a greenhouse orangery? <laughs> Almost, yeah. It was added. It was his orangery was set up as an auxiliary Red Cross hospital during World War One. Oh, which was really interesting. So it's kind of almost like a weird Downton Abbey kind of. Not like a place where you grow oranges. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's an option. Is that place? <laughs> and the other option I thought maybe it could be was Deerham Park which is where uh-huh. Lady Denim's house is, and it might just be, like, on the ground since the house is humongous. <laughs> it's so big. Ugh. But um, those are my two thoughts of where it was filmed because it didn't say specifically in the breakdown, but that's where I'm thinking it would have to be. Well, it was lovely. I would like to go there. <laughs> I, I know. Please. <laughs> but um, that's all I had for notes today. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and do the recap then. okay well we start off we see charlotte like walking by like a little fish market in her pretty pink coat (laughs) and she's going to visit georgiana and bring her the book quote unquote she wanted (laughs) Miss Griffiths is suspicious, though. <laughs> Charlotte is, like, deflecting, being like, oh, it's a book called Self-Control. <laughs> <laughs> the Just opposite. what Georgiana needs. <laughs> <laughs> and so they basically conspired to get her out of the room. And as soon as they're gone, they are looking at the secret note from Otis. And Georgiana is like, oh, we have to make a plan to see him. <laughs> she gets very loud in her despair. And Charlotte's like, shish. <laughs> She's like, do not spoil it for yourself. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then we um, have Edward and Esther lazing about as Lady D shows up unexpectedly. She's basically there to find out about Lord Babington. And she's written to him on Esther's behalf. And now she's like, and now you will write him to confirm that you are ex- excited about this date that I arranged for you. <laughs> I am. <laughs> it's like the one time where I'm like, I'm on Lady Denim's side. Yes. <laughs> this is what I want to happen right now. Yes. Yeah. So there's, they have a cricket match date. And... Okay, then we are back in town. We see Tom trying to calm the workers. And they are very frustrated because they are not getting the men or the money that they are owed. And uh, Charlotte shows up at a very opportune moment for Tom to (laughs) use it as an excuse to exit the conversation. (sighs) Tom. And our new worker guy, who we named, who I can't remember his name, you just said it. <laughs> Is it bad that I don't remember it also? Because I just said it, I can look tell you in two seconds. His character's name is Fred. Fred. Well, okay. So <laughs> Fred is there, and he notices the chemistry between Stringer and Charlotte. Uh, then we're back to Edward. Um, he's compa- complaining about Lady D, and Esther is having second thoughts about her contempt for Lord Babington. <laughs> because the last episode was when Edward, she was like, you're the only one I really love. And he was like, well, we're going to have to get married, so forget that. <laughs> and so Rude. she's been pretty pissy since then. I don't mean that as a uh, derogatory thing. <laughs> pissy supportive. Um, justifiably pissy, I would say. Yes. Um, yeah, so Edward is treating it like, oh, it's nothing. Lord Babington is not important to you. But Esther is remembering, you know, what their last conversation was. And she's right. like, I'm not crying over you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Good for her. I was like... She needs to escape him because he is definitely the worst. Him and Sydney are fighting for the worst. Yeah, I agreed. Agreed. Both of them this episode. I was like, you stop. <laughs> okay, so we see Arthur playing cricket with the family. And they're all practicing for this annual cricket match. The workers play the gentlemen. It was very, <laughs> I do not like that dichotomy that they set up. It was like, okay, so the rich versus the poor. Okay. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is really, really weird class war. 
It makes me wonder what workers are on the workers cricket team when we're not building a town. Like, right? Is it like the baker? <laughs> <laughs> the baker, the butcher, <laughs> the cobbler. Um, <laughs> Tradesman. Yes. So they're talking about this tr- cricket match. Everyone's going to be there. And that gives Charlotte an idea. So we see Georgiana. She's reading, rereading her letter from Otis and Charlotte has run over to tell her this new plan she's concocted that they are going to meet during the cricket match and charlotte has been sneaking letters back and forth to them well obviously we know that but i think we see her do it again (laughs) yeah she's making to set up the next stage um sydney and his pals come back for cricket they have some really cool music when they arrive (laughs) (laughs) i didn't realize it in the first four episodes but i feel like it was very apparent this episode that not lord babington but his other friend is an alcoholic (laughs) oh yeah he was so (laughs) drunk this episode (laughs) i know it was like and the when the right when they got there he was like straight to the bar (laughs) yeah i was wondering because i don't i mean maybe he was i'm sure he was an alcoholic in all the previous episodes but i feel like they played it up more like we're going to really contrast you to Lord Babington in this episode. <laughs> yeah. And it's also like them having to come back to this quote unquote boring town when right. they were already here. <laughs> they were just here. Right. Um, <laughs> but it's so also Sydney. Like, oh, go ahead. I'm just saying, but it's also like you're two rich, eligible bachelors. Like how much not fun could you have? Like, I'm sure you could have fun wherever you are. <laughs> Seriously. You have no cares or any responsibilities at all in this entire world. So no. <laughs> <laughs> so back at Trafalgar House, Sydney tells Tom that there's still no money. <laughs> and Tom <laughs> is very unhappy. He's starting to unravel. And Sydney admits that he didn't even come back for the cricket. He only came back because Lord Babington wanted to come back basically, to see Esther. So he wouldn't have even come back for the cricket if it hadn't been for Lord Babington. So this makes me be like, Cindy, can you not see that you are the worst? (laughs) It's just like, it's like he's not even doing the bare minimum at this point. It's like he's (laughs) almost purposefully being detrimental to the whole plan. Yeah, Tom even asked him to help and he just straight out refuses. He's like, don't draw me into your issues i've got enough going on and leaving town and never coming back (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah i said still don't like him (laughs) no i don't understand why tom doesn't just stop asking him for stuff it seems i mean i know he's desperate but at this point it just seems more trouble than it's worth see that sydney doesn't care a whit he keeps acting like oh sydney's the best he's gonna come through but sydney does not care (laughs) No, and I'm surprised that um, Mary is so like fond of Sydney because I feel like I she sees she's aware of almost everything going on. So I feel like she would be like, "He's a piece of garbage." Uh, you would think, but I'm sure know. for Tom's sake, he's always nice to her. That's true. Yeah, Charlotte comes in at the end of the scene as Tom leaves, and they're alone again together, and still clearly irritated with each other. <laughs> yep, <laughs> she does not like him, and. I support her. (laughs) So then back it down. Young Stringer is now telling Tom that the men are so unhappy that they might not even play cricket. And Tom is like, I promise I'll pay them in two weeks. And he swears (laughs) that they'll have their money, that the cricket must go on. So important for the cricket. I was like, I was looking at the crowd and I was like, aren't these all just people who live here? I mean, are you bringing anyone in new (laughs) with this game of cricket? (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I don't understand, it's like, this was like the most apparent like display of rich people priorities that he's not like, he's not trying very hard to get them their money and extra workers. He's just more concerned with this regatta and these cricket games and like waste of time bullshit. This is why Tom needs a Capricorn in his life to get (laughs) stuff done. (laughs) He just needs to let Charlotte run his business. Yes. Everything will run smoothly. Yes. Okay. So at a certain point, I started calling, because I didn't want to write Babington, I started calling him Lord Babs in my notes. And then (laughs) I didn't remember Fred's name, so I was just calling him Lush. (laughs) (laughs) No, Fred is the, the worker. 
Oh, Fred is the worker. Yeah, okay. the that's Mr. Crow is the alcoholic. Mr. Crow, okay. <laughs> so Lord oh, Babington and Mr. Crow. Yeah, he doesn't even get a oh. first name. <laughs> They're where else? Drinking at the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Babington mm-hmm. is just being smitten and speaking very highly of Esther, and he loves her curt, truthful ways. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sweet. He's got this little glow. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then we're back. Mrs. Griffiths is assuring Sydney that she is watching Georgiana like a hawk. And then Sydney's like, well, you're going to have to watch out for her full time because I'm not going to be around anymore. You're going to have to do it. And that's what I was like. God, you are such a baby, Sydney. You get one bit of resistance to yourself and you're like, I'm leaving town forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's just like the lack of responsibility that accountability that he's going to take for things that are of his responsibility. Like your this is your job. Like he acts like he has all this responsibility, but he's like, well, I would think being a guardian to a young girl is probably the highest on that list, especially a rich young girl. And you're just like, well, whatever. (laughs) I know I don't trust you to take care of her because she just had a secret meeting with her amour, but I'm gonna make you in charge of her forever. (laughs) So right, putting all responsibility on you. (laughs) Exactly. It almost like it gave me that that he was kind of just hoisting all the responsibility onto Miss Griffiths. And also it's almost like him trying to get himself out of future trouble because he knows that she's going to run off again. That's very true. Yes. He's essentially trying to set her up to fail. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's like, I'm definitely not coming back to Sanditon for the rest of the summer, basically until Charlotte is gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right. Uh... I was like, were your feelings hurt, Sydney? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you an adult? Grow up. Uh, yes. Georgiana is less than thrilled to see him, obviously. She wants to know why she's been locked up for love. <laughs> and he says, as long as you do exactly as you're told, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> she had a really good line after that. I yeah, can't remember like, what it was. Am I supposed to thank you for that contradiction? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe laugh. <laughs> that was a great line. Um, yeah. But he will allow her to go to the cricket game. How kind. I, yeah. Allow you to step foot outside your house. Great. <laughs> so on the beach, uh, they're setting up for the cricket game. Uh, Charlotte is going out of her way to avoid Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> and her and Georgiana are still planning on executing their escape. Despite Sydney being there. And the Reverend and Mrs. Griffiths are flirting. <laughs> that weirdo what are, Reverend. What are the oh the Bo, Beaufort girls are like yes. they're shipping <laughs> them. <laughs> just giggling. Yeah. And Sydney is just watching Charlotte out of the corner of his eye. I really love the beach during the cricket scene, even though we haven't mm-hmm. quite gotten there yet, but like it's so huge <laughs> with the yeah, tide out. Humongous beach, and I love the setup of like the picnic. I guess you could call it, or yeah. <laughs> it just looks so nice and all the food. I was, I was like, I want to be out there. I know. <laughs> Not playing cricket, but watching. <laughs> well, from what I can tell, cricket well, doesn't seem very exciting sport, but it's just like running back and forth to these two little. It's like that. Yeah. Remember that get, what was that running thing we used to have to do? For like the presidential fitness test, you have to oh, run and pick up an eraser. Run. Yes, it's like the <laughs> shuttle run with a little bit of hitting a ball. <laughs> yeah, I well for the longest time I always thought cricket was like super elaborate, and I was like, oh my god, I'm never gonna understand this game. And I think I understand it now from just this scene. <laughs> You're supposed to hit the sticks down, and then it's almost like baseball in a way, but just shorter. Yeah, yeah you just run back and forth to the wickets instead of around the bases, and then yeah. I guess the wickets fall down means something. Yeah, I think it's like almost like if you hit all three down, it's three outs or something. I don't know. Oh, maybe that's it. That's what it seemed, but that cricket ball looks scary and I don't want it. (laughs) One of my favorite podcasters is British and he is like also a cricket announcer or something. I don't know. Oh. Cricket thing. (laughs) He loves cricket. Interesting. (laughs) So, okay, um, 
Tom is putting on his fake good spirits routine. You know, he goes from like looking all depressed to being like, da da da, hello everybody. (laughs) (laughs) The gentlemen are all ready to play as they are getting drunk in their white clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're rich, so they can afford to have them cleaned. I guess that is maybe why. Yeah, the workers aren't there yet, though. They're they're late, and uh, I was, I wrote that the gentlemen's team looks pretty pathetic, <laughs> just in terms of who's playing. They've got Edward. I don't really think he's probably a very good player. Lord Babington maybe would be good if he was thinking about anything other than Esther. We've got right. Mr. Crow, who was too drunk to do anything. So basically, Sydney and Tom are like the only, and all Arthur is actually probably the best player. <laughs> The team. <laughs> <laughs> I even wrote that. Arthur's probably surprisingly good. <laughs> yes, I uh, bet you he's a great pitcher. Yeah, Lady Denim is there with Clara. Uh, Mary is worried about the delay because they're going to run out of sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> a real proper worry. You could have spent that book. money you spent on sandwiches paying your workers. <laughs> <laughs> well, say she doesn't know about it until later, and then she she lets him have it, which is really that's true. But... This is one of her best moments. This mm-hmm. episode. Okay, so Lord Babington comes up to Esther. She doesn't give him much in the way of encouragement, <laughs> <laughs> but he tells his friend that she's the wittiest woman I ever met. <laughs> <laughs> and Edward is like skulking in the background. Ugh. He was like a menace this episode. <laughs> Lady D tells Esther to employ a little bit of charm. <laughs> <laughs> and Clara tries to needle her and she abruptly leaves. Once <laughs> <laughs> the two miles down the beach to the water. <laughs> Seriously. It's so weird that Lady Denim is like so oblivious to the fact that the way Esther is is why Lord Babington likes her. <laughs> because she's so dry and so like quick-witted it's like you feel like she would understand that but i guess not well that's true that's true but still without any encouragement whatsoever he'd probably eventually give up <laughs> I would right. think. i'm surprised she never notices clara she, i mean she'll be standing right there and giving all these pointed remarks and she's just like Ugh, i'm just gonna ignore every word she says <laughs> <laughs> So Charlotte wishes Stringer luck, and then she wishes Sydney luck with a little insult thrown in. <laughs> Every time she looks at him in this episode, she squints her eyes at him. <laughs> it's like a glare almost. <laughs> uh, yes, I already mentioned the white pants. <laughs> um, <Yes>. Okay, <laughs> all the boys want Charlotte to watch them play cricket. Lord Babington, however, doesn't care about the game at all because he's so distracted by Esther. Oh, him, he and Esther talk about Lady Denim and Lord Babington wants to prove Esther's opinions about him wrong. In the meanwhile, the game continues. <laughs> Unfortunately, Georgiana is still stuck with Mrs. Griffiths and Lady Denim does not seem to be doing very well. She's like overheating or something. She's like, I'm, I'm hot. I need something to drink. I'm so thirsty. Even from the second she was walking in on with Clara and she like hands her the umbrella, it feels like there, there's something wrong with her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's really, it was really weird because she kept saying it's because she was so hot, but I would, I, know, I feel like, you know, she's rich. <laughs> Shouldn't she have access to lots of liquids? Well, I feel like there's definitely something more than just like overheating wrong with her. Yeah. I mean, by, by the end happens. of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I can imagine getting really overheated really quickly. And like, I mean, even now people get overheated because they just don't understand. <laughs> like your body doesn't always tell you you need water and right. stuff like that. So plus corset and millions of layers of... in the sand <laughs> on the yes. beach. <laughs> yeah. Arthur proves me right next and is good at cricket. <laughs> <laughs> but the workers look very close to winning. Tom comes up to bat. And he gets out somehow, but tries to argue it, which leads to some heated words. And the men admit right there on the beach that they've never been paid. And Tom Mm. walks away very angry. Awkward. Um, 
<laughs> and they're like, well, he walked away, so we win, right? <laughs> and Charlotte <laughs> is like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm still loyal to this family. <laughs> Which, or probably she just really wants to play cricket because that's the kind of girl she is. <laughs> but yes. she volunteers to play. And no one really puts up much resistance to her playing. She just joins the game. <laughs> no, I think like one person was like, but you're a girl. And she said... <laughs> Girls can play cricket too. And then that's it. Yay. <laughs> well, considering Sydney and Stringer, the two best players, are both like infatuated with her and are like, yes, play. <laughs> exactly. They want to see what she's got. Yeah. But Georgiana uses the distraction to run off. Okay, Back okay. at home. Yeah, I know. Back at home, Tom is drinking. Mary comes in and she wants to know why he didn't tell her about the money problems. And Tom just tries to make excuses. And Mary's like, stop lying to me. And she says she could have bared anything if he would just confide in her. And she says she doesn't want any more promises. All he does is break them. And throws that necklace at him. That is the harshest thing I've heard Mary say for sure this whole show. Yeah, which I was like, it was so justifiable because not once in this whole series have we seen her kind of like even really revel in the fact that they have this lavish house and all these like nice things she's always she's like a very kind of like plain and simple kind of person oh so totally i can say you would <laughs> let that... mary be in charge of your money you probably wouldn't be broke because she would have been like yes you can have your dreams and we'll manage it without yes. going broke <laughs> <laughs> we don't need a 14 story house for us and our three kids exactly or however many they have i don't know how many they have which I'm sure they also have a family estate. And I'm sh- pretty sure Tom... Isn't Tom the eldest? Yep. That's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> so Sydney is condescending to Charlotte. And she's like, could you shut up? I'm concentrating on how to play. <laughs> <Forget>. <laughs> it's almost as if it's like she's been watching the match. I think she can <laughs> know, deduce she how to play. She would volunteer if she didn't know how to play. Exactly. <sighs> Yeah. He's um he's so annoying. Okay. Stringer pitches her an easy ball and she whacks it. Lord Babington has left the game entirely to flirt with Esther and Edward, like, it's bothering him. So he like gets up and gets a drink and Clara comes up to him. And then they do their version of flirting, <laughs> which is very nefarious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it involves goading each other as to who's gonna end up with the money. <laughs> And Clara's pretty sure of herself. <laughs> <laughs> Which, at this point, I'm kind of more sure of her getting it because she I seems mean, the most cunning. I between her and Edward, yeah. Yeah, he's, he seems the most, like, <laughs> clunky and not very smart of the two. <laughs> yeah. So, but even, like, throughout this whole interaction, I was like, why don't they just get together and get the money? It's I so stupid because clearly they're attracted to each other, but... Yeah. Well, I don't know if she's actually attracted to him or if she just is trying to wrap him around her finger. Yeah, maybe it's more of like a because he's not ugly. I, at least I don't. I don't think so. No. No one's really ugly in this show, anyways. But uh, right, I don't know. But I think she's just using. I mean, maybe she respects his game i don't know <laughs> i don't know if she respects his game but she probably is like he wouldn't make a bad partner looks wise <laughs> but that's probably a bad that could hit. be true that could be true that's the extent of her he'd be easy to manipulate <laughs> exactly she would be in charge for sure yeah mrs griffiths notices that georgiana is missing and we see georgiana sneaking around the town Aye. And then Lord Babington and Esther are out horseback riding. Best scene of the episode. <laughs> Remind me yes. when we get some favorite scenes. This is my favorite. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I wrote, who's playing for him in the cricket game? They made such a big deal about Tom leaving, but Lord Babington can leave and nobody cares out of wit. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're so transfixed on Charlotte being so good that they <laughs> never even yeah. notice he left. I mean, because Edward leaves too, I believe. <laughs> so like, Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, no one cares. She can make yeah. up for three men. Sure could. Esther and Lord Babington walk by the most gorgeous waterfall. I mean, maybe not the most, but a most gorgeous waterfall. Yes. And it looks like she's actually starting to fall for him. Yes, that was she, so sweet. 
<laughs> First, he asks her for her feelings, and she says that he's starting to grow on her, and he says that his life is actually just a pretense, that he's not as bad as his reputation would imply. And she says that she's starting to find him slightly better company. (laughs) (laughs) And he loves the way that she can turn a compliment into an insult. She has inspired some real feelings for her. (laughs) Yes. And she actually, you know, she smiles. She she almost looks nervous in the scene. It's like, because she's feeling happy, she's like, I don't trust this feeling whatsoever. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And anytime like, she's happy, she just kind of laughs <laughs> uncomfortably. Yeah. Well, it's like, I feel like because of Edward and how like nefarious and manipulative he is, I'm sure she's like, is he trying to manipulate me like Edward or is this yeah. for real? Yeah. Which I also did kind of have that a little bit of like a scary moment thinking like, I hope nothing, like I hope he's not secretly mean to her or something. <sighs> Seriously, you can never, you never tell trust these guys. <laughs> you cannot tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but okay. Anyway, the big climax of the moment is he proposes to her. Ugh, and she laughs, sweet. but realizes that he's serious. And things look good when we leave the scene. <laughs> <laughs> they sure did. And we go back to the beach and they have the last ball and Stringer's like I'm not gonna go soft on her this time but then he pitches her the softest softball I ever did see yes. um, <laughs> she whacks it across the beach and wins it looks like the fun has kind of started to melt Charlotte and Sydney's hearts towards each other a little bit and little her bit. and Stringer definitely smile and flirt I'm like you go Charlotte flirting with every boy on the beach <laughs> <laughs> Until Mrs. Griffiths comes up and says, I've lost Miss Lamb. And Charlotte runs off like a bat. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, oh, shit. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Okay, so back at, I don't know what their house is called, but Edward and Esther's house, they're back at home. She's very chilly to Edward, and she's telling him that Lord Babington asked for her hand, and... Edward is like, is it what you really want? And she's like, I like that he makes me laugh. And then Edward spins her around, kisses her, and says, I can do more than make you laugh. And she can't resist him, but I don't think she's very happy about that. (laughs) No, she knows that she's throwing something away. And he smiles the world's creepiest smile as the music gets extremely menacing. So obviously not good things. (laughs) No, he's a schemer. He's so manipulative. And it's like, you can't go from one day saying, oh, you love me? Well, we're not getting married to the next day being like, oh, well, you can't get married because you love me. It's just so horrible. (laughs) It is. And I don't know. It's like... You can't really fault Esther for falling for it because he's it's so, so convincing. Hard. Yeah. Right. But it's just, just like yesterday she was like, I love you more than anyone else in the world. Right. <laughs> and then he shot her down. And it's just like she's so close to getting freedom. And it's I know. <sighs> well, we'll have to see what happens. Okay. So back at uh the Griffith's house. I don't know. Um <laughs> <laughs> Sydney is pacing. And uh, Charlotte is there. Young Stringer comes in with word. One of the workmen saw her waiting for someone when a couple of men came up and bundled her into the carriage. And I like the way Charlotte goes, bundled? (laughs) (laughs) How we all were like, bundled. (laughs) Yeah. And Sydney wants to know what Charlotte knows. And she admits that Otis and her had arranged to meet and that she was supposed to go with them but got wrapped up in the cricket game. And Sydney immediately blames Charlotte entirely and storms out. And I'm like, first of all, this is in no way Charlotte's fault. Second of no. all, whatever happens after this is going to be entirely your fault for telling her that this was entirely her fault. So <laughs> Exactly. Well, and also the fact that he screams at the top of his lungs. I'm like, okay, first of all, no more scenes of grown men screaming at teenage girls. I'm so sick of seeing that. 
in these <laughs> He was totally willing to abandon all responsibility for Georgiana. And then he's like, no, it's your fault. He he's only no responsibility. What is this man's yeah, problem? <laughs> he's only mad about it because he's technically still in charge of her. If he had left, he wouldn't care. Oh, he's so frustrating as a character because there are literally three episodes left. And yet the whole world seems to want Charlotte and Cindy to get together. Uh, I guess maybe I, the next episode we'll find out something redeeming about him. <laughs> I don't know. There better be some sort of surprise where he's a billionaire and is like, I'll just pay for everything for everyone. I'm secretly the nicest person on earth. <laughs> it better be. It's a big secret. a total jerk in every <laughs> moment of your life. <laughs> I don't know. I, at this point, I'm going to challenge our listeners, if any of them are Sydney stands, to please <laughs> explain this to me because I do not understand, and I don't think I will. I mean, clearly Charlotte is drawn to him, and, I mean, he is extremely hot. I guess that's... Yeah part of it a big part of it but like his character is so horrible i have i mean Mm -hmm. i just question the writers how do you expect me to like this person this is way further than like a darcy (laughs) level of not like (laughs) yeah well it's like to me it's like a different level it's like darcy but add like anger and like just just like, like complete irresponsibility or like and yeah. not even not irresponsibility, but like, there's just no maturity to him. <laughs> he seems like yeah. such a baby. <laughs> yeah, I think with Darcy, because you find out he's responsible for his sister. He's kind of doing all these things behind the scenes that you don't know about. And then with Sydney, it's like, okay, so he's just, he has no other responsibilities. He doesn't responsibilities. care about his family. He doesn't right. care about his gar- ward. <laughs> right. <laughs> he doesn't care about this town at all. <laughs> no, it's just like, grow up, dude. Uh, yeah okay but we're not quite done with the episode yet because Esther has to send for Lord Babington because we just got to pile on the bad stuff now (laughs) (laughs) he knows right away that she is rejecting him and she says that he proposed on a whim and he gets discouraged and leaves but she looks so torn up about it yeah she's really upset yeah they're my favorite. I don't care about Sydney or Charlotte. I like Esther and Lord Mountain. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like that's what they've set up this whole season to be like, that's the ship of the season because you want yeah. her to get away from Edward and she's found this the one man in England who has nary a bad bone in his body. <laughs> yes, yeah. So um, she is the Elizabeth of this book. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, it's not really a, the book. It's the series. Okay, so... Yeah, well, you know um, what I mean. Yeah, Georgiana... Or no, Charlotte is um, trying to get Mary to let her take the carriage so she can go find Georgiana. And Mary's like, no, that's not safe. <laughs> I can't let two unchaperoned girls loose in London. <laughs> <laughs> and um, back at... Uh, Sanditon house lady d is disappointed with esther she wants to know what love has to do with anything marriage is a business arrangement and nothing more and then she starts to get winded and esther is concerned but as esther is leaving lady d calls her back and says she feels quite unwell and i feel so Uh, bad for her (laughs) yeah even though the scene was like really like sad and like troubling i kind of really appreciated how esther reacts to it because you can tell that she deep 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 down she really cares for lady denim yeah as really deep down she sees her starting to get winded she seems concerned and it's not until she like needles her that she walks away and then soon as she's like esther she runs back she runs back and she's (laughs) She's like cradling her (laughs) right and you would expect at this point for her to be like oh finally i can get my inheritance but she's like legitimately concerned which is yes. really uh, just adds to how great esther is of character i know she comes across in the first episode as the most prickly mm-hmm. and you really change your mind on her <laughs> oh yeah <sighs> if only um other characters who appeared prickly in the first episode <laughs> could have changed as well okay no. <laughs> so <laughs> last scene charlotte leaves a note for mary and pays for the coach 
And I said, look what you've done, Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> if anything happens to her, it's on your head. Now it's on your head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't think anything is going to happen to Charlotte. No. <laughs> My prediction for next week. Because I have seen the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's going to once again for the 500,000th time in this series, she will save the day. <laughs> yes, most likely. <laughs> She's the best. Uh, so that was the episode, man. That was a good one. It was a good one. And it got me really excited to go back into the series. And I'm assuming we're going to get some like scenes in London, maybe. And Oh, yes. <sighs> Very excited for and that. And I think... I want... mm, I'm not totally 100% sure, but I know that there is a fancy ball at some point where they get the super regatta. fancy. Like fancier than the last fancy ball. Like Ooh. a London fancy ball. Ugh. So that'll be exciting. <laughs> I love a fancy ball. Like when they're all extremely formal. It, um, yeah. Oh, and something to talk about. I did start watching Bridgerton. <laughs> <gasps> Yay! <laughs> um, I, I got, um, I'm on episode two. I got watched episode one and I loved it a lot. <laughs> I just like, I like all the actors and we had Nicola Coughlin who is in Dairy Girls, who's one of my favorite characters from Dairy Girls mm-hmm. in it. And so I was very happy to see her. Yeah. Um, continuing her, what would you call it? Her sequence of <laughs> of playing like late teenage girls when she's actually in her 30s, which is like one of my favorite is things she? about. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> but, she's, but she just looks so young and she's just so good. So I was really happy to see her. But talk about fanciness. I mean, I love that show. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to definitely at least informally cover that. Like, maybe not do like, you know, a total recap, recap, six episode thing. But like maybe a one episode, you know, just talking about it. Yeah, that would be really fun. Because it's very, (laughs) I mean, it feels like we're in a Jane Austen world. So it's very inspired by it. I was actually watching this video the other day on YouTube from The Take. And it was like, mm-hmm. which Austin heroine are you? And it had all these clips from all the different movies, which made me be like, I want to watch that one again. I want to watch that one again. And uh, <laughs> of course, we're going to watch all of them again. But um, yes. there was a clip from Bridgerton in it. I was like, hey, that's not a Jane Austen heroine. <laughs> it's but I'll so take it. It's so closely inspired. <laughs> oh, oh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, all right. Very excited. <laughs> Should we go ahead and do the deep dive? Yeah. Or do you want to do favorite moments? Um, let's do favorite moments. Okay. Well, I already said mine. The proposal with Esther <laughs> yes. and Lord Babington was definitely my favorite. Not only because of what happened in it, but just because it was like so gorgeous. It was like this one. Mm-hmm. It looked so misty and like fantasy. It looked like it could be in that Northanger Abbey. Abby, nineteen eighty-seven. We watched. Yes, <laughs> like it, it looked like a scene that could be in there. It was very <laughs> much like, there. yeah. I was like, okay, I'm expecting to see some wood sprites, some fairies. <laughs> <laughs> like, I need to see some mythical creatures. Yeah, it was so beautiful, uh, and it was just so nice to see Esther's like constant, intense face like crack, and you could yes. just like see <laughs> emotion underneath that wasn't like pain. <laughs> Yeah, and I did and have disdain. a thought through that whole scene. I was just thinking it's so nice for her to see Esther have like a moment where she's not being bombarded with something negative in a way. Like this is like an entirely good scene for her, and it was just so yeah. pure and sweet. Yeah, oh, it was so good. Yes. Was that your favorite as well? <laughs> um, it was, but I'll also say um, basically the entire scene of Charlotte playing cricket was also my favorite. Just yeah. because she was so like determined, she was so good, and it just also young Stringer his reactions to seeing her play, and even when she volunteered, and he was just like, <sighs> like he was just so smitten by her, and it was just great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking during that scene because she's flirting with both of them, kind of. You know, she's kind talking of. to both of them nicely, and they're both like obviously looking at her a lot. But mm-hmm. I was like, and yet everyone's like 
oh, well, Charlotte and Sydney have to get together. You know, that's like the conventional wisdom of the show. But I was like, so is this just like, you always like the one that's bad for you? <laughs> Given <in TV. laughs> it two options, you're always going to pick the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> no. I ship her with Stringer, but only as a summer fling. And I think I've said this before because yeah. he is such a, a sweet person, but I don't think he's just quite complex enough to be a long-term person for her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do like his attitude towards her, <laughs> except for that yes. he threw, he should have given her a harder ball. That's the only yes. criticism for him. This episode. Yeah. It's like, allow her to prove herself, but yeah, it's like a one little like eye roll part, but you know, I, I think given the opportunity, we could, they could have made him a more complex character, especially with like the wages issue and he's becoming yeah. a little bit more. So I do. If there was I a season two, them. I bet we'd get a lot more Stringer and probably yes. Charlotte because they'd have to justify her coming back to town. You know, it's not just right. like a little summer vacay now. It's like, oh, now I actually work here or do something, you know. Right. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> all right well then we can start the deep dive and this yeah. is an interesting deep dive i think oh. i don't know if you're gonna love this one or hate it um <laughs> but i did this one on esther and because <laughs> one of the like defining things about esther is that she has a creepy sexualized relationship with her half-brother <laughs> <laughs> i feel like um maybe we should look into the historical roots of familial marriage a little oh, bit okay the at the time of when this would have been written or like in jane austen's time lord byron had relationship with his half-sister augusta lee which okay. went a lot further than esther and edwards and also there was a, some other novels at the time that kind of dealt with this which andrew davies definitely said he got the idea for this storyline from like um i think o'keefe wrote a novel that um uh-huh. dealt with it okay but uh during the time and i think i got most of this from a website called austinmarriage.com but uh, marriage between cousins would have been illegal for much of england's history until dun, da, 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 henry the eighth <laughs> <laughs> whoops <laughs> everything became uh legal at that point <laughs> yeah well he well first he had the marriage laws altered for you know right. well he changed the whole religion for that yeah, but then he had around. the exactly he had the marriage laws altered so he could marry Catherine howard um the right. incestuous marriage laws or whatever uh because she was anne boleyn's first cousin and at the time that would have been considered incestuous because anyone closer than fourth cousins related by blood or marriage was considered incestuous up until that time. But he made the marriage act, which allowed you to marry up to your first cousin. And actually just gonna put it out there, according to this article, at least, it's actually pretty rare for there to be genetic defects among first cousin marriages. So it's not like, it's like a horrible i think when you get more closer than that definitely but i don't think that it's like that common to have a genetic defect with first cousins right and first cousins i would say probably back then weren't as significant as you know your cousin today which you know seems like most people are so close to their cousins I would assume well, back then for maybe I would like, think they would be just as close back then. <laughs> I would assume just like because... maybe for royalty, they would be so separate from the main royal family, maybe. Well, that's true. Um, be. Yeah, because be by the 1800s, cousin marriage was not at all unusual. The most famous was the Prince Regent and Princess Caroline. Jane Austen's brother, Henry, actually married his first cousin, Eliza, who we mm-hmm. learned a little bit about her mother at least and actually in the next generation after henry the son of jane's brothers frank also married his first cousin okay so um yeah and by that generation it was estimated that one in 50 marriages of ordinary people involved cousins while Hmm. amongst the aristocracy it was one in 20. (laughs) (laughs) whoa 
Yeah. Uh, cousin marriage appears twice in Austin novels, once in Pride and Prejudice, because Lady Catherine wants Darcy to marry Anne, her daughter, and that would have made them cousins. And, of course, in Mansfield Park, where Fanny and, Ed- and Edmund went. Right. And actually, I was thinking that Mary and Henry's relationship in Mansfield Park seems the closest to like the Edward Esther, even though they're not incestuous. It just mm-hmm. they have like a certain kind of relationship that just kind of reminds it's me. It's very of, like close and unusual yes. in a way. Yeah, because they're just like a team, the two of them, brother and sister, kind of a relationship. Okay. Right. <laughs> And for the astrology, I found this one a little bit harder because mm-hmm. uh, being that she's all red, <laughs> I really wanted her to be a fire sign. <laughs> <laughs> she but seems very I didn't fiery. really, yeah, I feel like she could be super fiery, but I feel like maybe I have a, two choices for you to choose from for this one. Okay. One is Pisces. Okay. Pisces are very sensitive maybe too sensitive they get their feelings hurt so intensely that they want to hurt back but in like a passive aggressive way if pisces don't get the love they need they turn on themselves and decide they're not worth loving they shut down emotionally and that translate in, translates into withholding emotion in reality they're hurting themselves more than the other person okay so i really like that one like mm-hmm. too sensitive almost so you like shut it all down and you're like passive aggressive <laughs> Yeah, very Esther. (laughs) And then Taurus. If a Taurus isn't certain they're loved, they won't have the capacity or willingness to take a chance and express their love. They can be needy, but in order to combat that trait in themselves, they will go the other way and try to seem cold, uncaring, and uninterested in physical contact. Contact. Excuse me. So I thought that could also be her. Like, you know, I'm looking at, like, the more... um, hurt side of these signs because right obviously i don't think she's reacting in a healthy way so no (laughs) yeah so is it more like uh if i don't actually think you love me i'm just gonna or like i'm because she does seem like she could have a neediness to her like the way she was with edward but like i feel like she's more of a pisces personally yeah that's what i thought too i think the 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 neediness in a way kind of is what turned me off of Taurus just because she seems like someone who could be kind of stand on her own. Um, It just seems like her and Edward's relationship is so singular and one of a kind that she would kind of be on the more Pisces sides of things. Yeah. I could definitely see her being like, I have too much emotion. So I just shut it all down and let as little out as possible. (laughs) (laughs) So, surprisingly, Esther, we're putting her as a Pisces. Yes. And uh, for, is it D&D? I think the, so. Um, or whatever that chart is. <laughs> yeah, I would say, I don't know. Um, I was um, I was thinking chaotic neutral. I was thinking that too. I was like, neutral neutral, perhaps? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think she's neutral neutral, but yeah, chaotic neutral. <clears throat> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, because she's still kind of stirring the pot a little bit and creating a little bit of trouble here and there, but she's definitely not evil. Yeah, and she's not totally good. Right, she's got some... From what we've seen. (laughs) I like that chaotic neutral. She did dig her fingernails into Clara's wound, so... (laughs) Yeah, so that kind of bumped her down. (laughs) All right, Um, well, chaotic neutral Pisces. I did have a question about possible first cousin slash incestuous stuff in Jane Austen. Uh-huh. I might be remembering this wrong, but weren't Elizabeth and Elizabeth Bennett and Mr. Collins related in some way? Um, they probably were in some way, but it's like, I could have sworn I don't know if his father was Mr. Bennett's father or brother. Could it be though? Yeah. I be, yeah. couldn't remember. Because I remember there being some weird thing about them being a, a little like too close, not too too related, but like in a way where it's like something was there relation wise. But I can't remember what it was. But I felt like maybe yeah, that's I think they were cousins. Because she calls him cousin, I think. I think so. Yeah. So, so maybe I mean, that's... at least, at least they're you know 
some sort of cousin. I don't know about first cousin, but I they think very well could be. Yeah. But, you know, maybe not first, maybe not second, or maybe they were, like, far enough apart that they could be fine. Well, obviously within... nobody cared. <laughs> right. At that time, nobody cared. <laughs> but, you know, for them to count it as one of Jane Austen's. Oh, yeah, things. that's true. I but don't think it was, knows? like, the most immediate like, scholarly uh, researched thing, but I do think it was uh, fairly accurate. <laughs> but it wasn't, well, like, from the, the Jane Austen... Um, or Jasna or anything like that. I just, you know. Yeah. Well, when we, when, read, when we read the book, we'll be able to tell. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. We'll point. be able to tell. <laughs> all right. Well, all that would be left then is recommendations. Yes. I am ill-prepared as usual. I've had this one recommendation waiting for several weeks, but after this, I'm like, I need to watch something new or else I'm not going to recommend recommend something really old from my childhood. (laughs) (laughs) I can go ahead and tell mine, though, for this week. (laughs) I'm going to recommend a podcast. Okay. It's a Bridgerton podcast called Undressing Bridgerton. And it's got Felicia Day... And who's the other guy? And another guy. (laughs) (laughs) There haven't been that many episodes, so I'm not like, you know, as familiar with the hosts yet. But I'm looking it up right now so I can tell you. Tom Link. Is it like a Netflix official recap or whatever they do? No, it's very informal. Okay. I don't even think it comes out every week. It's just two the i mean they're both actors so uh-huh they definitely have some interesting perspective to come at it i love felicia day i've admired her for mm-hmm. a long time just because you know she's out there doing her own thing and making it work and i really appreciate yes. that and so i actually i think i discovered well, i mean you know my personal discovery of her work was um when i first discovered podcasts i was really into book podcasts and mm-hmm. i found she did this video like a youtube version called vaginal fantasy (laughs) which (laughs) was all of these like fantasy books or genre books that were also kind of romance and sexy at the same time Mm -hmm. and so i found that when i was like oh my god they're doing all these books i've read (laughs) 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 so i've i've followed her ever since then but i was very excited that she was doing a bridgerton podcast because it's very funny yeah i have to listen to that (laughs) Just because I, I'm really liking the show, so I'm oh, yeah. sure I would love the podcast. It's great. Yeah, definitely check that one out. Undressing Bridgerton. Undressing Bridgerton. Okay. All right. Well, I did find a recommendation, <laughs> um, and I don't know why it didn't come to me immediately because uh, my brain is psycho. But I recently watched Barb and Star go to visit Del Mar. And How was it? I love this movie so much (laughs) it is so funny i just if you love movies kind of like not necessarily like subject matter and not even like the extent of like how funny they are but just like stupid comedy movies where like sometimes things don't really make sense but they just roll with it and like napoleon dynamite or um, undercover (laughs) brother or like you know just like funny movies like that where there's a lot of physical comedy and just silliness right this movie is like perfectly on par with those (laughs) i would say this movie is better than those i loved it so much i laughed almost throughout the whole thing um (laughs) kristen wig and annie uh, mimolo are just perfect in it and jamie jordan's really good in it too it's just so funny i love it so much and that's when you have to actually purchase right yeah, I think it's because it's brand new. We rented it, um, but I think you get the rental oh, for two uh, two days, like for okay. 48 hours. So I, I, if we still have it, we might watch it again because it was really good. <laughs> but it's just so good. I love it so much. I, I always have all intentions of going back and rewatching something I rent. And then always it's like, nope, you don't have it anymore. And it's like, man. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think I don't want to have to buy it right now. <laughs> Ugh, but it's really 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 good and it's like it takes place in florida 
So it's like very <laughs> funny to like be like, oh, <laughs> you know, you know this area of Florida if you're from Florida, right. even though it's like <laughs> fictional, um, you just understand where they are. So it's just really great. <laughs> I love it so much. Uh, well, I'm definitely gonna have to watch that one. You should. You'd love it. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, then, I guess next week we're gonna be doing episode seven. No, six. Six. With Reclaiming Jane. Very excited. We're recording that this weekend. And uh, yeah, then we'll be back with eight or seven and eight as well. (laughs) (laughs) Very excited to see how this ends and excited to see if we're going to get a season two. I just have a feeling in the bones. Yeah, we'll have to see because I think things are going to get really exciting next week. So I think this is next week is the week where maybe sydney becomes redeemable so we'll have to (laughs) i'll be the judge of that (laughs) the sydney haters club will be the judge of that (laughs) we haven't gotten any complaints about our sydney hate so i guess it's okay (laughs) maybe it's our listeners are smart enough to know that he is a terrible person (laughs) (laughs) they're just all going just you wait just you wait till episode I'm very quick Seven. with my judgments. <laughs> he could do something great, and I'll be like, he's the best character in this whole show. I love him so much. <laughs> yes, our, our attitudes could change on a dime. You never know. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm excited to see what happens. Yes, we're, we'll find out next week what what happens with Charlotte. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, in London. I'm excited. Uh, and what's going to happen with Lady Denim? That, too. I also, I did have a, a theory that, I don't, I don't know if she dies in this series, but I just had a thought like, what if she doesn't leave her inheritance to any one of those three people and she like leaves it to the town and now they're all screwed? <laughs> well, that's what I've been saying from the beginning. Leave it to the town. Yeah. Of you course quit I had to your... say that while a helicopter is going over. <laughs> oh, I can't even hear it. So. Okay, good. <laughs> but she's put so much into it. You might as well leave the money to the town. Seriously, I'm sure she heard. Well, I think we saw her here that the workers hadn't been paid. So Right. She must know. There's no money. Just give us more. (sighs) Sell your house, Tom. (laughs) Uh, Well, I guess that's it for today. So, oh, I guess contact information. Yes. If you would like to scream at us about how great Sydney is and tell us lies you can email us at mannersmadness at gmail.com you can dm us on twitter at mannersmadness on instagram at mannersmadnesspod and you could leave a one minute voicemail on our website at mannersmadness.com yes and we hope that you will and if you are not so put off by our sydney hate <laughs> we would love it if you would give us a rating or review on apple podcasts because yes. that would really help us get the podcast to more people who are interested. Yes, and you can leave a rating without leaving a review. Because I know I'm, I always feel weird about leaving reviews. So you can just hit those five stars and move right along. Yes, we'll notice and be very happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, well, you guys have a great week. And we will see you next Tuesday. <laughs> yes, thank you for listening. Good night. Bye.